Good morning. Happy Resurrection Sunday once again. Today is going to be a little bit different. And that as we talk about Jesus' resurrection, we're going to let some changed lives do some of that talking this morning, which is what it's all about anyway. Uh, but for those of you who may be visiting or guests or newer uh, with us here at Terra Nova, over the last couple of years, we've been journeying through the Gospel of Matthew. And uh, we are coming uh, very close to a, a close in that series. This is our second to last passage we'll be in. And we timed it such that we could be in Matthew 28 and taking a look at the resurrection of Jesus today. And so we're going to read the full passage just so we don't miss anything in our journey through this gospel, but I'm going to zero in on one small portion of it. So we'll be in Matthew 28, and I would encourage you to follow along uh, either in your own Bible or in one of the Bibles in the pew racks in front of you, and it'll be on the screen behind me as well. Matthew 28, verses 1 through 15. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and they worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell people his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread amongst the Jews to this day. There's a lot there's a lot here and a lot that we could talk about this morning. In Easter's past, we've approached this passage from more of an apologetic angle, considering the evidences for the resurrection, of which there is much. Volumes and books upon books have been written, and the evidence is compelling if that's what you're looking for. Other Easter's, we've examined this story by trying to enter into the place of the different persons that are involved here and seeing ourselves in view and how we would respond and react to the resurrection. But today, I just want to focus on one small but significant detail with big implications. It struck me this week as I was reading through this passage, and it's three words spoken by the angel to the Marys in verse 6. As he said. Again, verses 5 and 6, the angel says, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. 
He is not here, for he has risen as he said. That's what struck me this week, the as he said. Immediately, I I thought about the times where I tagged on to the beginning of an instruction I was giving somebody for a second time, like I said, just to make sure that they know I was having to repeat myself in that moment. But that's not what's going on here. These angels are giving a message from holy, almighty, perfect, pure, loving God to these women. He is not petty like I am. He's not petty like a man. Yet these words aren't accidental, they're not trivial, they're not thoughtless add-ons here either. I mean, this statement would make total sense if you were to just read it without those three words tagged on to the end. Listen to it again. Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, period. But there is no period there. He continues by saying, this angel continues by saying, as he said. Only three words, but they are some of the most powerful and loaded words with meaning in this passage. You see, Jesus' closest friends had spent the better part of the last three days in both inner and outer turmoil. Eleven of the twelve who were still remaining, of, of those, several were still in Jerusalem behind closed doors, locked doors, we're told, for fear of the Jews. Others had scattered as far away as they could get within that time frame, Uh, Going to Emmaus, a town that was seven miles away, still others were told were perplexed, discouraged, and despairing. And yet the thing is, it's not as if Jesus hadn't said what was going to come. Three times in Matthew's gospel, on three separate occasions, we read that Jesus forecasted this. He said to his disciples, I'm going to have to die, but I'm also going to rise again from the dead. But those words to this point, they'd fallen on deaf ears. They didn't hold any weight. They didn't hold any water until now. So why? Why then did the angels, the angels say and add these words, as he said here? Because the resurrection of Jesus not only vindicated his words about his promise to rise again from the dead, but they also vindicated every word that Jesus had ever spoken to this point as words that we can trust. As he said, was basically code here for what more do you need to have full confidence that every teaching, every claim, every promise Jesus had spoken to this point, you can trust. It was an exhortation to Mary and an invitation to the Marys and to us to fully lean on the words of Jesus, our Savior and our Lord, in the times when we are perplexed, when we are discouraged, And when we are despairing in this life, because if he can and did triumph over death, what promise will he not come good on that he has made to us, his people? So as we celebrate Christ as risen this morning, among many other things, it's an invitation for you and for myself to fully embrace with full confidence every Jesus has uttered to you about the security and the hope that you have in him. If you struggle with whether God loves you this morning, for example, remember, as he said, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. If you struggle with loneliness this morning, remember, as he said, behold, I am with you always till the end of the age. You are never alone. 
If you worry about Remember, as he said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Friends, every word that Jesus has uttered in the Holy Scriptures is as firm as the ground is solid underneath your feet. And if for whatever reason the fall floors away in a moment, it's firmer still. Why? Because on Easter Sunday, the Marys showed up and they found an empty tomb and a resurrected Jesus just as he said it would be. And if these words were true, What else that he has said can we not count on? What is your as he said this morning? Embrace it. This morning, as I mentioned, we're going to be witnessing some baptisms and also the stories, the powerful stories behind those who are getting baptized. And this is timely and powerful because Jesus didn't just rise from the dead to prove something about himself. He did that to prove that he is God but he rose from the dead to assure all that trust in him that they too have the guarantee of resurrection life. All three candidates this morning are people who've embraced the power of the angel's words and he said, who've believed what Jesus and the Bible has said about what their greatest need is and about God's provision for that great need in his son Jesus. They've understood and believed that their sin had separated them from God. And that the entrance of sin into this world is what led to physical and spiritual death to begin with. They've understood and believed that it took a perfect substitute to pay the penalty for their own sin. And that Jesus did this by taking their place of suffering and death on a cross, which we remembered this past Good Friday. This death, both the death that sin brings and also the death of Jesus in their places, will be pictured as they go down into the waters of baptism this morning. They've also understood and believed that just as water is a tool for cleansing, the waters of baptism picture the cleansing power of guilty consciences from sin through the shed blood of Jesus. And they've understood and believed that Jesus rising from the dead signified his victory over Satan, sin, and death, and that just just like him, they too will come up out of the waters of baptism today, showcasing the fact that they have resurrection life that begins now and will be perfected one day in eternity. Baptism, as you witness it this morning, isn't isn't some magical thing that saves you. Instead, baptism tells a story of what is already true. It's an outward symbol of an inward reality that has already taken place in their life. Or as the Apostle Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, That according to his great mercy, God's great mercy, he has caused them to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for them, and who by God's power are being guarded by God, by his power, are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. This is the practical outworking 
of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. We don't just gather here on Easter Sunday or any other Sunday for that matter for tradition's sake. We gather to celebrate the reality that our lives have been changed by the love of God and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the full power of God on display. And so it's at this point that I want to turn it over to those who are being baptized today to hear their stories and witness the truth of God and what he has done for them through his death and resurrection. So let's continue in our worship by witnessing stories and lives that have been changed by Jesus.